For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. bleed green are you an ultimate eagles football fan well you're in the right place well you're in the right place this is birds 365 hosted by the new mac and mac jody mcdonald and john mcmullen who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Wednesday morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming it. The Birds 365. You've got uh, Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. Uh, Jay Mac, we're going to get these two hours in today. I may fall down at some point during the two Uh-oh. hours. If, if I Uh-oh. do, uh, I will try and adjust my camera uh, so that you can see my ugly face. Uh, yeah, you're truly not feeling at the top of my game. I fear that I got COVID. Uh, I haven't taken the test yet, but body aches and cough and everything else so um didn't get much sleep so i'm gonna suck it up i'm gonna play hurt ruben frank's got a good article on nbc sports uh, philly today about eagles that have to stay healthy this year that they're just it's difficult getting a grasp on how good a player and how much they can contribute because every time you turn around they're hurt well that's me today i'm glad that we still have 13 days until camp opens i'm guaranteeing you i'll be ready to go by the start of camp but i'm playing hurt today Hey, coaches, respect that, Jody. And I'm I'm in that category. I respect it. People used to, you know, kill Nate Gary all the time. That guy played a full season with a with a sports hernia, and the coaching staff really respected him for doing that. Uh, even though he took a lot of hits because he wasn't the best player in the world, and he's playing, he's limited. But they felt they needed him. I need you, Jody. So I respect that you showed up in front of that microphone. I am going to suck it up and get it done today. Tomorrow, I don't know. We'll have to uh, <laughs> be, be tuned here 24 hours from now. You might Remember, Nate Gary played the whole season, Jody. Remember oh, that. man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know that I can uh, carry Nate Gary's jockstrap, but I'll, I'm going to try for the two hours here today. Hi, John. So I was on uh, jacobsports.com. Your latest missive, I truly enjoyed the uh, article about uh, Hall of Fame coach Dick Vermeil who is inducted, will be inducted uh, next month out in Canton. And uh, the just the article was about 
although he won his Super Bowl in St. Louis, that Dick Vermeil uh, looks at himself as a Philadelphia Eagle, that this is where he's made his home, uh, even though he didn't achieve the same level of success they did with the Rams when he took over their team after years, years of uh, being out of the coaching profession and doing broadcast work. Uh, Dick Vermeil is just one of the most popular individuals in Philadelphia sports, not just football, but in yeah. Philadelphia sports in the last 25, 30, 45 years. Um, here's the question I have for you, and uh, you had a chance to talk to him. Um, did, did Dick Vermeil hint at what football is like in 2022? Because Dick Vermeil coached a, the way that he coached and uh, was successful and he was a hands-on guy and wasn't afraid to get his players to work prior to Sundays when they actually yeah. had to go out there and make plays during games. We know that's not the NFL in 2022. We talk often enough, uh, not necessarily here on Birds 365, but uh, when I'm doing shows and, and talk about other sports like the NBA, today's players believe that Michael Jordan couldn't play in today's NBA. Yeah, right. Uh, just foolish stances that some people take. Some the game people is say that? Jeez. Yeah. Oh, now, whatever. I hear the Wilt, but not Michael. Oh, yeah. I, 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 you know, I hear all the time. I tell you my time machine theory. Yeah, that's insane. People got to stop that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, John Morant, I think, was the latest to say, yeah, Michael wouldn't be one of the best. Oh, the my NBA Lord. Oh, um, but right. uh, I wanted to take that sentiment and see what Dick Vermeil would say about the way that the NFL is preparing for seasons this year. You and I talk plenty about the Eagles uh, belief that less is more, that they don't hit, that they get off the field pretty damn quickly, that their sports science has determined it's better to be healthy and not take chances than to put in extra work to be prepped for the upcoming season. We'll find out if it works for the Eagles this year, but how crazy would it make Dick Vermeil if he had to coach in the NFL in 2022? Um, I, I, you know, we didn't get into him with that because that platform's about sort of his career, but, um, and, and, and what he accomplished, but I talked to Dick about that in the past and, um, he, he, he knows the evolution of the game. I mean, in a lot of ways he never left, even though he retired in, I think 83, the first time, um, and the ship between 83 and 97, whenever he came back to St. Louis, was pretty significant to begin with. I mean, it already shifted a little bit, not like it is today. So he knows the evolution. And the entire time he was out, uh, sort of out of coaching, he was still very close to the game, very close to the college game. Yep. So he he was always like very in tune with, with the evolution of the game. Um. So, I mean, he wouldn't like it. I don't think Nick Sirianni likes it, to be honest. I say that all the time. I don't think he likes it, but you 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 gotta play with the cards you're dealt is is sort of, and I think he's that type of coach and he would roll with the punches and try to utilize as, as much as possible. What I did find interesting, and I, I didn't uh, realize this or I never talk with Dick about this or heard him talk about this is, you know, he was the guy when it came to this ridiculous work ethic. Uh, he was the guy, he was the first guy, literally ground zero. He sleeps in his office. He works a hundred hours a week. He never, he never goes home. Um, and I always thought oh, that's not healthy. And, 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 and Dick burned out 
I mean, he he was only here for seven seasons. He could have been here a lot more. The billboard never came down, Jody. I said there were popular coaches. They never reached Dick Vermeil's status, even Doug Peterson, even after the Super Bowl. I mean, for whatever reason, and it's ironic because Dick is a California guy, he connected with the people of Philadelphia, and it never stopped when he was gone. Uh, he always lived here, obviously, and had his main home. But um, it, 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 he, he learned from his stint with the Eagles that he couldn't do everything himself. And when he was with the Rams, he delegated more, and he admitted that. And, and he let the coordinators do things and he didn't call plays and uh, he, he let people, other people do their jobs. And he didn't necessarily do that the first time around uh, because he wanted his hands on everything. And he learned that he burned out and obviously he was able to accomplish um, what he wasn't able to accomplish here. But um, you know, again, I don't think a new generation, we've talked about this before, Jody, the Eagles were awful from basically 1960 when they won the championship to 1976 when Dick showed up. And even then it took them a couple years, really 78. And then they made the Super Bowl. So we're talking about, you know, almost two decades of just awfulness. And Dick Vermeil turned that around. Um, and people at the time were very appreciative of that because they lived through those bad years. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of this has been a very good organization since Jeffrey Lurie showed up. You'd like to have more than one. We talk about spoiled. There's a little bit of spoiled here because I think the modern generation doesn't know how bad it could be. The people before Dick Vermeil, the fans of that era, they know how bad it could get. And right. it was bad. Doug Peterson, it cost him his job uh, uh, with a bad season two years ago. But that's the only non-playoff season. The Eagles have been competitive for a long time from oh, yeah. uh, Andy Reid on to uh, even with Chip. They were interesting. Sometimes they're very frustrating, but they were an interesting team during the short term. The chip was here, and then uh, Peterson did what he did and got him a champion. Even some Ray Rhodes. I mean, you know, that, that early in Ray Rhodes. Yeah, Ray, Ray yeah. made the playoffs, yeah. uh, and got to give him his props for that. Uh, you talked about Nick Sirianni, and you don't think he necessarily likes He's not going to no. tell you this, no. uh, but well, uh, he kind of, he kind of, he he's not going to say it in public, but, you know, Nick loves. Nick's not, you know, when, when we joke about the competitiveness right. uh, and, and the ping pong and the tether ball and the nonsense and the Rochambeau, he's really competitive. Right? But, and that's why I always say when he's up there and saying, no, I'm on board with these decisions. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the ones who, who doubt that's the case, that he's 100%, that if he had more power, he would be scaling back to the degree they scale back simply because he's so competitive. He really is that competitive. And the reason why I think it's an issue for this year's Eagles team is not because that's Sirianni's personality and you described it. Well, he's just a stone cold competitive guy. This is not just window dressing when he has these guys compete against non football skilled games. He just loves to build up competitiveness in his players, and he's got some different ways of going about it. Here's where I have the big issue, and I 
will be very interested to see. And you'll be down there uh, during the grass time that you guys get as beat writers for the Eagles. They've got some positions that are up for grabs on this year's team. Um, they've got a lot of players that are locked in. We know the offensive line, save right uh, guard. I don't think it's going to be much of a competition. If Isaac Samalo is healthy, I think he's going to be there. Uh, but some people believe there'll be a competition for that spot. Um, the wide receivers after uh, the top two, who's going to be number three? Is it going to be Watkins or uh, can Zach Pascal jump in and be competitive there? Because we know how much uh, Nick Sirianni appreciates what he does. On the defensive side, how are they going to use those three defensive ca- tackles they need to get their rotation in place? When are they going to do this? John, they don't really do too much in quote unquote practice. And I don't even think you can call it practice uh, or you couldn't during the uh, uh, off season workouts. It's just like a workout. That's all that it is when you're going seven on seven. How is the coaching staff going to determine who deserves to be in uh, the starting lineup? Who's going to get X amount of reps uh, once the games kick in? How are we going to determine this if they're not putting in serious time in practice? That's what scares me, uh, that the way that the NFL is, and specifically the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, that they're going to have to uh, find a way to determine who are the best players, who are the ones who deserve to be playing. Um, I'm not sure that they're uh, – they, I know that they haven't been able to accomplish it yet in uh, this year, uh, but we'll see if uh, that's the case uh, going forward. All right, uh, we seem to be having some technical problems so uh, yours truly is going to uh, go to a break. Uh, we've got Mike Tenure from Football Outsiders scheduled to join us coming up in about uh, six or seven minutes. Mike's been on the show before their uh, football almanac came out yesterday for you analytic fans of the National Football League. Football Outsiders got a compilation of some of the best stats in the National Football League. Uh, we'll punch up Mike Tenure from Football Outsiders next here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Your Mac and Mac guys back here on Bird Street 65. Johnny Speed took a little bit of the powder there. Good, good to get him back. Uh, and Mike Tanya from Football Outsiders is going to join us coming up in uh, less than five minutes. All right, Jay Mac, um, I was saying uh, before uh, we had the technical issues that here's where I think Nick Sirianni, despite the fact that he isn't outspoken about it, really doesn't like the way the Eagles are handling this offseason. There are a couple positions on this team that I don't know who should be a starter. I don't know who should get X amount of reps that I think there's a debate as to whether player X is better or player Y is better and how they're going to uh, get players out there in what positions. How do you decide that if you're not going to have expensive work put in going against, I know it's just teammates. Is it all going to be decided by these two practices uh, scrimmages that they're going to have with the Browns and the Dolphins. Will that be the main determinant factor as to what Eagle is getting, how many reps at the defensive tackle position, who is going to be the right guard on the offensive line? How is the three-man safety rotation going to work? Is it all going to be decided by those uh, practices that they're going to have against uh, the two AFC teams? Um, yeah, probably. I, I mean, you know, one of the things I talked about all the time, Jody, going back, then I bring up Carrick Wheatball, um, you know, going back to rookie camp because everybody brings in uh, a certain number of rookies. The Eagles had about 20, a little bit less than 20 uh, rookie tryout players uh, during rookie camp. And I, I'm like, and, and I ask this constantly, I'm like, well, how do you evaluate these guys? I mean, what, what, in other words, what made Carrick Wheatball? He was the only one who got signed uh, from that rookie camp, the, the only trial player. And I'm like, how did he stand out? I mean, it, it, you're doing individual drills. I guess you can stand out a little bit from an athleticism standpoint. And, you know, I get classroom work. I get, you know, are you picking up the schemes? Are you, are you learning quickly what we're trying to teach you? Yeah, it's different. I mean, when it when it comes down to um, real competition, a good player versus good player, I mean, makes sense, right? The less practice time, the less time you have to evaluate. Um, and that's sort of where the Eagles are. But so is everybody else. Everybody's in the same boat. So it kind of it's kind of that way for everybody. 
Right. And uh, the guy you mentioned, the rookie tryout guy who actually got a spot on the 90-man roster, he doesn't have numbers you can sink your teeth into. We're going to do that next here on Birds 365. Mike Tanier from Football Outsiders, good enough to hop aboard with us and join us here. Um, their new almanac came out today or yesterday, I guess it was. Yeah, perfect um, timing, Mike. Yes, uh, did, did not know that when I said, hey, uh, Johnny Mack, what do you think you get Mike Tanier for it this week? Yes, uh, perfect timing. What is it that you like best about your almanac for those who believe number crunching can tell you a lot about what a football team looks like coming into a season? What I like about it personally is that the number crunching is a small component of it. I mean, it's, it is a component of it, obviously. It's an analytics guide. But uh, there's a lot of tape work that goes into it, too. We watch lots and lots of last year's footage. We watch new guys coming onto the team. We watch the rookies. Uh, uh, you know, we do a lot of draft coverage. All that is included in it as well. And, of course, we're, we're hip to the storylines as well. You know, so we're not just saying, you know, our stats say this, so we're right. And if you don't like it, we're going to go on Twitter and yell at you for the next 30 days, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, well, our stats say this, you know, the tape says this, conventional wisdom says this, coaches say this, et cetera, et cetera. We put it together and we try to make the best all around judgment on every team in the NFL. When it comes to your simulations, Mike, and I know Aaron, Aaron Schatz, uh, who, who, obviously uh, is a big part of football outsiders notes that um, it's always, you know, conservative. You guys try to be as conservative as possible. So when it comes to your simulations of the entire season for specific teams, what, what does that mean that you try to be conservative? What is it? In other words, you know, uh, everybody looks at Buffalo and the odds say that Buffalo are, are the leading contender to be the Super Bowl champions, you know, I kind of look at it as an old school guy. That's a pretty devastating loss. How do you bounce back from that when you get kicked down to the bottom of the mountain and there's that human sort of nature effect? So how how does all this kind of come together and and you do these simulations and you do it conservatively and, and try to figure things out? Now, we don't necessarily try to be conservative. We try to be super accurate. Then when you run 10,000 simulations of something, there's this thing called central tendency. And the most likely thing to happen for any really good team is for a couple of guys to get hurt, et cetera, and they kind of fall back towards 500. The most likely thing to happen for every bad team is, oh, you know, the rookies are a little bit better and they get a little luck and they move back. So it ends up being conservative. But, you know, for a team like the Bills, we don't factor in, oh, you lost a coin toss in the AFC championship game. We say – you were in the AFC championship game and you, you know, you scored 40 points or whatever. Your quarterback is coming back. Your top receiver is coming back. You're adding Von Miller. You add in the first round, uh, a Kair Alam, a cornerback that was your main need. So you, you put all those things in and then you run the simulation. And the power of the simulation is you're running through an entire season over and over again. So there's seasons in there that Josh Allen gets injured. Not many, but there are, there'd be more seasons that an older quarterback or an injury prone quarterback would get hurt. You run it all together. And it takes out all of the helium. It takes out the helium about Tyreek Hill or Deshaun Watson or, you know, what if this guy does this? You put it all together. And again, you're right. The Buffalo Bills wind up with the best uh, record based on our simulations. And that makes them the Super Bowl favorite, which we'll see if it actually plays out that way. Here's my reservation on the Bills. And it's the same with uh, teams in the AFC West. That's a tough division. Both of those divisions are really tough. I think my J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets are uh, significantly improved this season. 
They're still finishing in fourth place, even though I think they've gotten that much better because the Dolphins are better, the Patriots are the Patriots, and the Bills are the best team or the best roster uh, in, in football this year. How much do you have to factor that in? You know what the schedule's going to be? You know, they're going to play those divisional games. Uh, the four teams out west, I think, are all tremendously talented as well. Um, there's a couple of divisions in the AFC that are really difficult. How much do you have to factor that in when you're doing your projections? We have the Bills with the 11th toughest schedule in the NFL. So a tough schedule, but not a like unusually tough schedule. And so that's another reason why our uh, – our numbers are conservative because they've got to play through it in our simulations over and over and over again. So they play that tough schedule, they play the Patriots over and over. They play Tyreek Hill uh, over and over again, and they have to come up, you know, win these games. The easiest schedule I'm going to tell you right now, according to our metrics, belongs to the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> and Funny that's how what, that works with the <laughs> NFC East. That's why the Philadelphia Eagles have yeah. a very, very strong projection from us this year. Uh, because we think the team is going to be good, but also because we look and we see the Jaguars and the Texans and the Bears and the Lions on that schedule as well. Now, uh, you, you will go there because of the schedule. Now, all the NFC East teams have an easy yes. schedule because they play each other, and that's part of it. Right. But, uh, and not only that, as you mentioned, the, the, the out-of-division foes shake up pretty nicely for Philadelphia yeah. this year. Uh, all the tough games, and most of the tough games on paper at home, um, everything kind of kind of went their way when it comes to the the schedule. Little tweaks, you know, going down to Dallas for Christmas is difficult. Third game of a three game road trip, things like that. Um, but for the Eagles as a whole, when you talk about their their greater potential, and I'm talking about outside of the NFC East and and trying to be a meaningful contender in the playoffs in the NFC as a whole, how much does the AFC factor into that? In other words, what, what, what Jody was saying, Mike, the AFC looks like a murderer's row yeah. to get out of there. The yeah. NFC, you got some good teams starting with the Super Bowl champions. You got Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's back. Yeah. By no means are the Eagles going to be the favorite, but not nearly as deep as the AFC. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say, and that factors into the Eagles having this high projection and uh, the Buccaneers having a very high projection, just waltzing in, so to speak. The Packers, despite their losses at wide receiver, kind of waltzing in. The Rams playing a much tougher schedule because I think that they've got a tougher schedule out there, but getting in. And what you see in the NFC is with our projections, we've got teams like the Vikings high. Because in the NFC, if you come in and say, hey, we got a veteran quarterback who's pretty good. We're getting back Jefferson. We're getting back Thielen. You know, we've got a, an older roster that's been around. Our projection is like, oh, in the NFC, you're going to win. You're going to win a bunch of games. <laughs> Saints are the same way. We have a good projection on the Saints. Why? Two games against the Falcons, two wins. Two games against the Panthers, even with Baker, probably two wins. And you work your way up, and it's like, oh, we've got all these veterans on defense, on the offensive line. If Jameis doesn't throw 30 picks, et cetera, you do not get that in the AFC. So in the NFC, it's going to be about making that tournament, and that's the best we can say for the Eagles right now. They're poised to make that tournament. What, we, what happens in January against Brady and Rodgers? Well, it depends on where the team has developed at that point. But if they take care of their business, they should be there come December against the Cowboys come January. 
And oh, by the way, the Saints always beat the Bucks during the season. Yes. They don't beat them during the playoffs, but they beat them during the season, right. which is going to help them get uh, close to double-digit wins this year. That's one team Johnny and I disagree with. I kind of like the Saints, and it's going to be important this year because the Eagles have the Saints' first-round draft pick. I don't That's think right. it's going to be as high a draft pick as some Eagle fans are hoping no, it is. No. I actually think the Saints are going to be pretty good. Um, let me ask you about a particular player, and that would be the Eagles quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Yes. As you can well guess, we talk about him basically on a daily basis here because we don't know what kind of season he's going to have. He had an up-and-down season last year. He's got strengths to his game. The Eagles gave him a big plus by bringing in A.J. Brown to help the passing game. We believe they want to throw the ball more this year, even though they were the most effective running team in the National Football League. Right. Number crunching and what you think the Eagles did and what they're showing uh, as far as their moves go in structuring the roster. What kind of season is Jalen Hurts looking at for you guys? Number crunching, the Eagles threw over the middle of the field only 10% of the time of their passes last year. It was crazy. When you look at that chart, Mike, it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they show the charts, right? Yeah. It's like it's like like nothing in here, and it's yeah. all out here and on the screens. And you, you saw it every week, and you know it. By far the lowest in the league. And it's a deficiency. And you can kind of watch the way Hurts moves around in the pocket, the way he might not see it there, the way he's like a little more eager to run than to throw it there. There was also nobody besides Goddard who could do it over the middle there. Obviously, we look at the receivers last year, smaller guys or Rieger guys, and they're not going to be, take care of it. So one of the things we said in our chapter is the things that working in Hurts' favor right now are experience. He did not have very much experience last year. Continuity. This is the first time he's had the same coach and coordinator uh, since, I think, high school, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And A.J. Brown. This makes a difference because you have a physical receiver who can work the middle more. So – we're not projecting like the stratospheric Josh Allen type thing for Jalen Hurts. But if you take each of those and say, that's a two or 3% improvement, that's a two or 3% improvement. And that improves the biggest weakness. Brown improves the biggest weakness. You can get to a very good quarterback or a very solid quarterback who also scrambles, who also provides leadership. And that's one of the things that's baked into the idea that the Eagles should be a very strong, well, a favorite at least to win the NFC East. How does um, Mike, the sort of projected, improvement uh, in the passing game that comes with A.J. Brown and sort of the dominoes that you just mentioned that might fall into place mm -hmm. uh, because that's a very good player. How does that affect the Eagles' run game when you look at those projections? Because let's face it, this was the top running team in the NFL last year, and a lot of that had to do with what the Eagles say is the plus one that Jalen Hurts gives them. Yeah. And it makes it so difficult when you have that extra player available to run the football from an offensive perspective. We all know the Eagles want to want to pass it more. Sorry to interrupt you, Mike. No, how, do, how does that sort of bake in in, in all the simulations? Generally speaking, when the passing goes up, the running goes down a little bit and the team gets better. Yeah. That's kind, of, that's kind of the thing. Usually, if you're a great running team, it's because you're already in the fourth quarter and you're already winning the game, or it's 1978 and you're looking at some old team now. So the Eagles were very unusual. Well, they, they, a yeah. lot of Eagles fans want it to be 1978. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, until it's third and 15, and you're like, why can't this team do it this time after yeah. you get a holding penalty, et cetera, et cetera. So you want to ideally be good at both things. You know, our projections still have hurts. You know, being a runner, we still have, you know, Miles Sanders running the ball well. You, you're not, you don't project those 35 carry games anymore. And, 
you know, if, if things work out well, it's only a 35 carry game because you're beating the Giants by two touchdowns and you're kind of goofing yeah. off on offense. So that's the thing. You want to get better at the pass. The running game is a secondary, it's like kind of a byproduct of getting better at the passing game. Mike Tanya from Football Outsiders, our guest here on Birds 365. All right. Uh, other teams in the Eagles division, starting with the Dallas Cowboys, they're swimming upstream because yes. they were last year's champion, and we haven't had a repeat champion in the division for decades. Uh, so they do have to get over that hurdle. And I think they got to get over the Eagles. Did the Cowboys improve themselves during the offseason? We analyze all the moves that every team makes and we try and put a grade on a position and uh, whether we think a team has gotten better or not. I don't believe the Cowboys are better. If anything, I think they've gone slightly backwards. Uh, that's why I think the Eagles are the favorite in the division as of right now. What do you uh, give the Cowboys as a grade for their offseason moves? Well, as a grade, I think it's a poor grade. You traded Am Amari Cooper. and you know, Tyreek Hill gets traded and you get like first round picks back. Devontae Adams gets traded and the Packers get first round pickbacks. So the Packers improve their defense. The Chiefs improve their defense. The Cowboys trade Cooper. They got what, like a third round pick or something like that. So they traded Cooper for nothing. They lose Cooper. Then they lost uh, uh, Cedric Wilson, who was their, uh, I believe it's Cedric Wilson, who was their backup mm -hmm. wide receiver who usually yeah. came in when everybody else was hurt. They lose Connor Williams, who was all over the place on their offensive line for years. They lost uh, uh, Randy Gregory, who was one of their leading sackers last year. They lost those guys, did not bring a lot of guys in. Their first-round pick was Tyler Smith, who I think is a good player, but he's a developmental left tackle. It's like getting Jordan Mulata three years ago. That's who you drafted in the first round, so to speak. So our projection for them, they're still around a 10-win team. They've got the third easiest schedule in the NFL, because like you guys were saying, yeah. everybody in FC East, they play each other. They play kind of the same. They all get to play the Texans and Jaguars, et cetera. So it's going to be easy. Based on all that, based on obviously Dak still being a great quarterback, they still have a strong offensive line. They got Micah Parsons. They've got you know, Tank Lawrence guys on defense. Very good team. Neck and neck with the Eagles, but maybe a little bit of hair behind the Eagles right now. All right, Mike, I want to get negative with you. I want the bad teams. I, I look at certain teams. I, I don't know what the heck Atlanta is doing with Arthur <laughs> Smith and Marcus Mariota. Uh, they got some good players on defense and Grady Jarrett and A.J. Terrell, but they look like a really bad team. Houston is still – they just need that talent. It, they, yeah. they hit the, the floor. Um, Chicago – Looks yeah. terrible to me. I don't know what they're doing. They seem to be in rebuilding mode. Who did you guys look at and say, these teams, oof, they're up against it? <laughs> the New York Giants. Huh? They have the lowest, uh, the lowest rating here. If you look top to bottom of the roster, especially last year, this is a team that, if you remember Dave Gettleman, it was all about the hog mollies and the trenches. Yeah. And they finished in the bottom three in both like run defense and running the ball last year. And in yeah. things like sacks last year, according to our metrics. So you have this team that's been drafting first round picks on defensive line and running back with Saquon and on the offensive line, and they're terrible at it. And they just don't have any talent. Now, they do have a relatively easy schedule, uh, but uh, we have them graded out as one of the weakest teams in the NFL. Atlanta, you said it right. Now, we think the offense could be okay this year because they've added a, a lot of pieces. Kyle Pitts is a good player. Drake London is the first round. It's funny you mentioned the Texans. I want to pull up their number real quick here. We have the Texans at close to eight wins. And the reason why is wow, you, you sleep on them and they, they pick up every old Patriots guy 
and every old Chiefs guy that like it falls off the bottom of the free agency list. If there's a 30 old like like Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison from the Bills, they pick yeah. them both up. These are both guys who had double digit sacks in their primes. They have 31, 32 can still play a little. It's a, it's like an old timers team. And if you put all those guys together, they're going to beat the Jaguars, steal a win here, steal a win there, and kind of be professional. And then they're gonna still stink three years from now. But the Texans could be a team that like goes above their over this year. I love your nerviness, but I can't disagree enough. Uh, I'm not a Davis Mills guy, and they, they oh, no, have been but... staunch in their belief that Davis Mills is their quarterback going forward, and I just don't see it. Uh, right. If they win eight games, yes, I will be wrong on the Texans. All right, I do want to ask you about the other team. You mentioned the Giants. I asked you about the Cowboys. The Commanders, last year, Carson Wentz. We know him all too well here in Philadelphia. Depending on, again, how you crunch the numbers – Carson Wentz put up some reasonable numbers last year. Yes. Not good. The last two weeks of the season had cost them a playoff spot, and that's why they were ready, willing, and able to move off him and trade him uh, to Washington where the Colts. But uh, do you see Carson Wentz season last year as half empty, glass half empty, glass half full? And how do you think he fits in Washington under his new coaching staff with the commanders? One of the great things about our stats and our stats said he had Wentz had a below average season, kind of like what you said, but not this train wreck of a season. But, you know, we take that and, you know, we break it down by uh, situation, by third downs, by first downs, by goal line mistakes, by at the shadow of the goal line mistakes, which I think he's notorious for for the last couple of years. And we also we put those into the projections and we do the film work before we write the chapters. And, and we had guys breaking things down, not just the mistakes, but the big plays by Carson Wentz last year, where it was first down hand off to uh, Jonathan Taylor, gain a six second down ha- hand off to Jonathan Taylor, gain an eight first down next play, fake the handoff and throw the bomb. You know, the easiest play to get like a 25 yard play when the linebackers are sucking it. Frank Reich did so much of that for Carson Wentz. And, some of that we can put in the projections because it's very it's very objective. Some of it we put into the uh, into the um, chapters when we write them. We have the Washington Commanders with the second worst offense in the NFL for 2022. Okay, that's McLaurin. That's after the McLaurin contract. He's healthy and all. You have very few receivers that you know are going to be healthy and good at the same time. Jahan Dotson's a rookie. Uh, the Samuel, the other guy, was hurt all of last year. I know he was good a couple of years ago. Logan Thomas, a tight end, coming off a major injury. All of these things, the offensive line has been shuffled around combined with Wentz, say, this is not going to be a very good offense. Probably be an okay defense with Chase Young and those guys, but it's not going to be a very strong team. going to be kind of a mediocre, very Washington kind of team. How do you uh, project, and we'll did Mike freeze up on us? It seems like Johnny did. Um, uh, you can still hear me good. Um, how, how do you factor in the mess that is – the Redskins organization, the fact that Dan Snyder is going to be called in front of a house subcommittee and uh, all the issues that they have with their workplace. Uh, how does that have any effect on how you rate them coming into the season? Uh, Ron Rivera is a good guy to try and keep the two things separate. I don't know if he's uh, capable of doing it. I don't know if anybody's capable of doing it. The mess that is the commander's uh, organization from top to bottom. How do you think that plays itself out on their uh, 17 games this year. 
We don't have a variable for the owner is living in international years <laughs> like a pirate. Like you can't really. You got to add that, Mike. Shame yeah. on you. Yeah. Yeah. I want that as part of next year's almanac. You better yeah. get that in there. Right. We can, we don't have defensive coordinator in the treason. We don't have that as a variable in there. We do have one for coaching stability, and Rivera gives them positives for coaching stability because he should because we know who, who he is. It factors in when. You know, they bring in Carson Wentz as their solution. That's bad organizational planning yeah. here. Like, you know what our solution is going to be Carson Wentz? We have to pay him so much money, even though the Colts were trying to throw him out with the garbage, that we couldn't keep Eric Flowers on the offensive line. This is a guy they brought in and turned out to be a surprise quality offensive lineman. Oh, now we have cap constraints. We have to let him go. But then we're going to shuffle in like an older player, Andrew Norwell, on the line, and we're going to put him in there. Then we're going to take Dotson, who a lot of us had maybe high second round, and we're going to draft him, what, 11th, 12th overall? I forget. It all melts into the team across the roster because all that organizational chaos makes a roster that isn't as strong, isn't as tight, isn't as continuous as supposed to be. And that's how the commanders wind up sliding down in our, in our metrics. Well, talking about bad organizations, and I'm going to I'm gonna rip Xfinity. We had some storms. Mike's a South Jersey guy. He knows we had some storms. So evidently, I'm having some internet issues. But hopefully, I'm, I'm sticking in there. Jacksonville, because of, of, of Doug Peterson, obviously, it's very interesting to me. And But it's a bad organization. It's been a bad organization. We know Doug's there partially because they made such a terrible decision at head coach last year. Um now they do have Trevor Lawrence, and I got to tell you, Mike, I I I got a crush on Trevor Lawrence, and it did it's not, it, it it did not go away because of Urban Meyer. For that reason, I think they have a chance for you know Doug coming in. We know we saw him with the so-called quarterback incubator early here in Carson mm-hmm. Wentz's career before Carson had all the injuries and everything started to go bad. Did a very good job developing a quarterback. Yes. He's got a better quarterback to develop now, a more talented quarterback, a higher-end prospect. How high is the ceiling for the Jacksonville Jaguars because of Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence? This year, the ceiling is go- they're going to go from a train wreck, a weekly comedy show, to mediocrity. They're going to be a team that can win some games as this development takes place. The long-term ceiling is higher. Right? You can't take Trevor Lawrence from – According to our metrics, he was almost like a historically bad quarterback yeah. last year. So, but you know, we're all Eagles fans. We remember Troy Aikman years ago having a historically bad season and working his way up to, to the top. And that's the kind of thing Lawrence is capable of because of his talent. But it's a it's going to be a stepping stone type of thing. Uh, Peterson obviously helps. They brought in a lot of new receivers, new tight ends, etc. Most of them are okay. They did not bring in like this great thing where they brought in Devontae Adams for him. They brought in Christian Kirk for him. But if you look at all of those things along the way and replacing, a, you know, a loony with Doug, you're going to get a team that is going to be competitive every week. Lawrence will do his development. Maybe you get seven wins, maybe you get eight, but we're not laughing about the Jaguars like we were last year. Here in Philadelphia, we were hoping that doesn't kick in until after week four because <laughs> Eagles have yes. the Jags early on their schedule this year. All right. You've been doing this a long time, Mike. So have John and, and myself. Um, there's something going on in the NFL that I'd never seen before and that's what's transpiring in baltimore with that quarterback lamar jackson has already gotten an mvp his contract is up the ravens are well on record saying we understand he's a franchise quarterback Mm -hmm. and we know what the numbers are 45 million thereabouts uh we are willing to pay our quarterback those type of dollars 
and he just doesn't want to engage in <laughs> negotiations that he is his own agent and he continues to not be able to get a deal done because he's not really trying and he's dropping cryptic hints on social media. Mm-hmm. He is, of course, the guy, like most teams in the NFL, quarterback can make or break your team. And certainly Lamar Jackson is that with Baltimore. Have you ever seen anything like that? And how does that affect your numbers? You got to try and factor that in. That's not <laughs> something you can crunch a number with. Uh, what is the quarterback going to do? When is he going to decide, yeah, let me sit down and negotiate a deal? How do you play something like that with the Ravens in projecting what's going to happen with them this year? Well, with this year, you don't necessarily worry about it because quarterbacks can't hold out anymore. Pretty much no one can hold out anymore because of the way they wrote the collective bargaining agreement. There's a poison pill in there. If he holds out, then he can't hit free agency the following year. Uh, even without an agent, whoever's advising him knows that. And also Lamar Jackson is not sort of programmed to hold out. It's almost like when he's supposed to be sitting down and getting on the phone with DaCosta and all that, he's running around on the field instead because that's what he would rather do. Young folks, please get agents. Let them take care of you. <laughs> We're old and we have people take care of our business for us. Yes. 23, 24, you need somebody to help you, especially when there's millions of dollars at stake, not twelve fifty an hour. Anyway, so for this year, the Ravens' projections are pretty high. Lamar is going to be there on the field. He's going to be focused off the field. That's 2023, 2024's problem. And they're getting back so many guys. They were the most injured team in history, according to our metrics last year, in terms of games lost by starters, all the running backs, all the quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, the running backs were crazy last year. For The running backs were crazy. People yeah. lost track. The entire secondary was hurt at one point. The reason why they kept going for two at the end of those games is that they had no cornerbacks left. It's like if we yeah. lose a coin toss – you know, we have like the safety playing corner. They're going to win. So let's just try to go for two, et cetera. So we have them coming back. But the Jackson thing, you're right, is unprecedented. Hope the young man gets an agent because what's going to happen to him otherwise is the Ravens will be like, okay, franchise tag, franchise tag again. And then by that point, he'll either be so great that they'll be like, we surrender. Here's all of our money. Or he'll have gotten banged up, banged yeah. up. And like, yeah, mm-hmm. go, you know, go apply your trade elsewhere. Good advice, Mike. Get an agent. Yes. Got to handle your business the right way. And I got to handle some business with you uh, at Mike Tanier on Twitter at football at, at B Outsiders, the, the 2020 football outsiders, 2022 football outsiders almanac uh, available now. Now, last year you were on the show uh, and, and uh, promoting the book and you said you were going to leave a hard copy, and I'm I'm an old school guy in 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 the media house in in Philadelphia, and I said, all right, I'm good with that. I'm I'm gonna you know I'm gonna share. I'm good with that. So I want to know if Mike Tanner forgot or Jimmy Kempsey just stole it. I want to know <laughs> what went down. It, it, it was Jimmy. He obviously stole Absolutely. it along the way. I, I only got there a couple of times. You, you know how it is, especially last year with the COVID, there was like a level A yes, reporter yes. and a level B. I was like a level Q reporter <laughs> coming, coming in. So I don't know if they let me in the media house, um, but I'm, I should be getting there for a couple of days, early August. Uh, and I will, I will, I promise, I promise this time I will leave behind a hard copy. <laughs> Mike, um, uh, over the last couple of days here in Philadelphia, a guy who's here with us on uh, the Jacob Media YouTube channel, Derek uh, Gunn, um, reported something that someone told him about the Eagles and how uh, Jalen Hurts has looked in their few practices that they have had during this offseason. And uh, the, the gist of it was that right now, 
the Eagles might not be all that comfortable with Jason with uh, Jalen Hurts as their quarterback to start the season. Using that word, comfortable. How comfortable should the Steelers be? First round <laughs> draft pick, Mitch Trubisky. I'm not sure that they've got a starting quarterback ready to go on a season. They're another team that's on the Eagles scared this year. So we want to know how good you think they're going to be. I'm a big uh, fan of the coach, but I'm not sure that this team, they got still like tremendous defense, but I'm not sure what their offense is going to be. Uh, Should the Steelers be comfortable with their quarterback situation? The Steelers are comfortable that whether Kenny Pickett or Trubisky can like throw little short passes and hand off to Najee Harris, their defense will get a million sacks and that's going to keep them competitive. That's kind of like the Steelers way. And it's probably how the Steelers way is going to be this year. I wouldn't be that comfortable if I were them. Like you said, the AFC is this murderer's row right now. The Steelers are not in that list of teams that look like it's going to be there. Um, But Tomlin knows his job safe. Okay. The GM is retired. It's like, well, I, I, here, I got you. Kenny Pickett. Goodbye. I'll see you out the door. You know, I got all these playoff wins and champions in the past, et cetera. So I see them as a 500 team. Our metrics see them again around eight and a half wins somewhere in that. Maybe they're going to be a wild card type team. I don't necessarily think the solution is there. I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett fan. I think he would max out as one of those. Don't lose the game. You can win with me. If everything else works quarterbacks for the future. I don't know if he's going to be that in the present, but again, the Steelers will look at that and say, Oh, we can win with him. Let's get 65 more edge rushers around TJ Watt and see what happens. <laughs> it's not a bad plan. No. Um, yeah. That's interesting. So I'll end it there. Mitch Trubisky, because he's the alternative. Where are you guys on Mitch Trubisky? Is it is it salvageable or have you already pulled that plug and said the game manager that Kenny Pickett might become yeah. is better than anything you're going to get from Mitchell Trubisky? He's the game manager that you can survive by when he's sort of maxed out. If you're really letting him out there work within the structure, you can win some games with him. And what happens a lot of times in our uh, metrics is you get this, like at around the 25th best quarterback in the NFL, it doesn't go 25 to like 32. It goes 25 to like 40 or 42 or something like that, where there's these guys hanging around the benches. We're like, well, they're just as good as the Daniel Joneses and the the Carson Wentzes when you really get right down to it, who have starting jobs. Trubisky's definitely in that range there. He's going to go out there. He's not going to, you know, throw up from the pressure, et cetera. Uh, but you're not going to see this high-end thing. Now, he could survive, uh, could surprise us. There's nothing to indicate that he could surprise us. And the other thing with the Steelers is we don't know who what their offensive coordinator is really capable of. They have that coordinator, Matt Canada, who last year looked at Ben yeah. Roethlisberger's shoulder and said, okay, we're running a high school offense. This is this is not the Ben Roethlisberger anyone's seen. We can't get the ball more than 10 yards down the field unless he gets a running start. And made this goofy dink and dunk and screen offense. We don't know if that's really it. He's talking about rolling the pocket more and stuff, which is usually something you do when you're not comfortable with your quarterback. So I don't know if he's the guy who's going to improve Trubisky or, or develop Pickett along the way. A lot of that's just a wait-and-see situation. Mike, I fear you've already answered my last question, but I'm going to ask you to go above and beyond it. Uh, you might say that uh, the Texans are going to win eight games. I don't, I'm not sure how you came up with that one, but uh, was there one when you were doing all the compilations and uh, putting your numbers together? And uh, you certainly were part of it, but you've got coworkers who were part of it. When the finished product is getting ready to go and you're looking through it, you go, 
really? Wait, I, I need to go back and double check this. And it, it, off the top of my head doesn't seem to fit. But if the numbers say so, I guess I'm going to have to accept it. Above and beyond the Texans being better than at least yours truly thinks. What jumped out at you as a bit of a surprise? And you said, yeah, you know, this actually has a chance to be a surprise element of the NFL season. Minnesota Vikings at 9.9 wins. Okay. Yeah, Same win projection good. as the Rams. A no. little bit ahead of the Packers. A possibility that the Rams, excuse me, the Vikings could be the NFC North champion. And again, it's based on that thing where in the NFC, if you're a veteran team with most of your veterans coming back, that, that never stunk. I mean, they're always kind of okay. And then you get that schedule, you can rise up and be ahead of the Lions and Bears in your own division and all the Panthers and the, uh, that are strewn around the rest of the NFL. Yeah. They're certainly better than the Lions and Bears. I will give the Vikings that. They they could be really bad teams this year. Mike, great stuff. If someone wants to order the uh, Football Outsiders Almanac, how can they best do it? Well, it will be on Amazon.com soon, and you can get your hard copy if I'm not going to leave one for you. <laughs> best, way, best way to get it right now is FootballOutsiders.com. Go there. Click the banner. You can get it as a PDF. You can get it as links, so you can just sit there and watch and read it on your on your computer if you like to. And you can order the hard copy. You can also become an FO Plus subscriber and get all the stuff we give you during the year, like our Kubiak fantasy projections and our weekly, uh, uh, you know, picks, our uh, wagering picks. All right, that's what we like to hear, Mike. Great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board with us. We'll Thanks, certainly Mike. have you, have you on again when the season gets underway. Thanks, bud. That is Mike Tanier from Football Outsiders. Uh, I, I just like the way he analyzes things. Um, a little different than other people. And, yes, it is number crunching. And I'm a quasi-analytics guy. I'm, I'm one of those guys who's in the middle. I don't uh, turn my nose up at analytics, but I'm not going to let analytics uh, tell me that everything yeah. I see is different. Uh, if it's you can part of the game line. now. You you can't ignore it. It's can't. part. It's part of the game. It 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 really is and and important. But you can't let it. You you said it well. You can't let it be overbearing. You know, there's got to be, there's got to be a feel for it as well. That's why I bring up Buffalo, Jody. I'm not talking about a coin toss. I'm talking about the last thirty seconds of the the game. That is devastating. That is devastating. Um. Yeah, how do you how do you how was that? That's not a tangible thing, but you got to be tough minded to bounce back and say, "Oh, we're we got to start this over again. We got to climb the top of the mountain." Very talented team from a talent perspective, no question. Very good team, but boy, that's a devastating way to lose. Two guys, the head coach and the quarterback, Sean McDermott, Josh Allen. They have to be able to put it across to all their teammates, all of uh, the players that play under Coach McDermott that, oh, no, we're not going to let it affect us negatively. We're going to turn it and spin it and make it a positive that we got screwed. The rule is uh, arcane and should be changed, and both teams should get the ball. There's enough conversation about it from that day forward that they can, if if they're if they're smart enough, good enough, and, and believable enough with the other guys in the room, that, oh, no, we, we got screwed. We're going to make this a positive. We're, they owe us one. We're going to go out. We're not even going to give them a chance to beat us with a stupid rule in the National Football League. But, see, I'm not even talking. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the rule. I'm talking about Leslie Frazier and Sean McDermott not being able to keep a lead in the waning seconds of, of 
before the rule comes into play. The rule's easy. You can just say, yeah, we should have gotten the ball. We were cooked in offensively. There's no way they're going to stop us. But guess what? The game was over. The game was over with a modicum of, of coaching common sense. The game was over. And they weren't able to get it done. That part to me is the devastating part because those coaches are the ones that are going to try to portray that. And everybody in that locker room knows what happened, knows what happened. And the coaches let them down. The coaches let them down. We'll see how good that coaching staff is. They've got to be able to uh, turn it around and use it as a positive spin it as, Hey, we got you. We got stiffed. Uh, happened to we are so motivated to come back and not allow that to happen again. Oh, by the way, if we get Kansas City, that Tyree Kill guy is not going to get behind our defense and run past us yeah. like we're standing still. He's not in Kansas City anymore. Uh, you know, I'm a Tua guy, so you may you may get the the Bills and and Miami a couple times during the year. So they haven't seen the last of Tyree Kill. They're just not going to see him catching the ball from Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I, I think this is a big year for Sean McDermott that uh, yeah. because of what happened. I, last I, year. You know, Leslie Frazier, man, Oof. Uh, like you said, um, and, and he got a lot, a lot of people saying he should be a head coach. And Oof. I don't know how you, I don't, I don't, I, I can't explain the, the last seconds of that game. And in, in, um, you know, before overtime, before the rule came into play, before that, you can argue that we, we we've talked about that a lot. Um, you know, should you have the ball, and and everybody's upset because the game was so excited they want to see Josh Allen. I'm putting all that aside. I'm saying the game was over. The game was over, and wow, that was a bad defensive plan in the waning seconds. Yeah, you're going glass half empty. I'm going glass half full. We got stiffed. We're we're not even going to allow that. We're not gonna. We're not going to let the game get that. We're gonna kill everybody this year. I don't know if it'll work or not, but that would be yeah. my strategy if I were the coach. Oh, I I agree with you. That should be the strategy. What I'm saying is the guys who have to employ that strategy are the guys that screwed it up. Because Sean's a defensive guy, yeah, and Leslie's a deep, obviously a defensive guy, and they screwed it up, and they're trying to sell it. Uh, that's funny that we're talking about the Buffalo Bills because uh, we've got a quasi-Buffalo Bill fan who's going to join us uh, about 20-some-odd minutes from now. He is an Eagle fan as well. He is the host of the Eagle pregame show on their radio network, and he's a buddy of mine, and I've done too many shows with him over the years, and I'm still doing shows with him. Uh, Glenn Mack now, uh, the host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network, going to join us coming up in about 20 minutes from now with the Mack and Mack guys here on Birds 365. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. You got McMullen and McDonald, your Mega Mac guys here on Birds 365. In about 20 minutes, it'll be a triple Mac attack. 
because Glenn Macknow is going to join us, the host of the Eagles uh, pregame show on their uh, radio network. Looking forward to uh, chatting up with Glenn. Um, I did see this this morning. I was on uh, my Bet Parks app, Johnny Mac, because uh, just looking to see if the odds for the Open, I call it the British Open, and they get ticked off whenever you do that, but I don't care. It's been the British Open to me forever. Uh, I put uh, some action in on a couple of guys I like. Rory McIlroy was the favorite. I think he's probably going to win. And uh, Sam Burns, uh, who I got at 45 to 1. So I was just checking to see if the numbers had changed from when I put my action in yesterday, and they hadn't. Um, but I flipped over to uh, football, and I checked the MVP odds for the upcoming season. Did you know that Jalen Hurts is the 11th choice to win the MVP in the National Football League this year? That there are only 10 guys who have lower odds to win the MVP in the National Football League than Jalen Hurts. A quarterback um, who, according to some, the Eagles aren't comfortable with. But the, the betting public is comfortable enough to make him the uh, almost a borderline top 10 MVP candidate. How, how does something like that happen, J.M.? Well, there was a spike uh, a month ago. I think I mentioned it on the show. I compared it. We were just talking about Mitchell Trubisky. They were remember there was a spike in the one-off season when Mitchell was in Chicago. Showed some sides, and people are like, you know, they're always looking for value. They're always looking for the long shot that might come out of nowhere. Right. And for me, that would be Trevor Lawrence. I would. I would. I don't know where he is on the list, but I would just, you know, if you want to just go outside the box. But Jalen's one of those guys. I mean, nobody expects him to win MVP, but he's going to get big numbers. He had big numbers last year when he had in the rushing to the passing in theory, as as Mike mentioned, because of A.J. Brown's presence. Um, he should get better throwing the football. You add in maybe another 10 touchdowns, whatever, rushing the football, and all of a sudden the numbers look really good, and people look at numbers when it comes to MVP. But, I mean – you know, Aaron Rodgers, you got to hope he gets hurt. You got to hope Patrick Mahomes gets hurt. You got to hope Josh Allen gets hurt. You got to hope. I mean, we all know who the real MVP candidates are. And Jalen Hurts isn't one of them, unfortunately, for Eagles fans. But, hey, if you want to waste your money, waste your money. And you feel good about it that you're back on your hometown team. Uh, I, I wouldn't waste a lot of it, but if you hit, it could be a pretty nice hit. And, yes, I, I asked the question, but I, I know the answer it's because he's a quarterback yeah. and quarterbacks are always in the mix for the MVP. And it's more so about, I think, handicapping the Eagles than it is Jalen Hurts, that you're looking for a team that you think is going to make the playoffs and then um, maybe win 11 or 12 games during the regular season, be in position to uh, have a buy in the first week of the playoffs. Now, th those are some pretty high standards. I'm just throwing out there for the Eagles. Uh, yeah. Pretty pretty darn optimistic. But they're not impossible. And that's why Jalen Hurts is the 11th guy. I don't think Jalen Hurts is throwing for 4,000 yards this year. Do you? Um, no. Carson no. Wentz holds the record for most yards in a season at 4,100 and change for the Eagles. Do you think that Jalen Hurts is going to no. surpass that this year? No. no. Um, he's not that type of quarterback. I, you know, I, They're going to try and make him that type of quarterback, John? I don't know if they are. I think they're going to try to balance it. They're going to try to walk the tightrope. I don't know if it's possible. It might be pie in the sky. I think they're going to try to do it, though. 
Um, I don't think they're going to just say, hey, Jalen, just go sit back and be a pocket quarterback. I think he's going to fail, and they know he'd fail. So I don't think they're going to do that. The problem is, and you're right, I mean, the Eagles are a good football team, and they might win 12 games, and they might go to the playoffs, and that might be the scenario. The problem is there's going to be other good football teams, and the other good football teams are going to have the high-volume throwers, and and whether it's Mahomes or Rodgers or even Stafford or Brady. And that's why that part of the equation is really difficult to match uh, because somebody else is going to be good and they're going to have the quarterback throwing the football all over the field where you're going to have this unique player who's a little bit uh, more diverse that doesn't able to match up statistically. And that's why it's, it's to me, it's a really really long shot and people looking for that value that have lowered his odds you know they did the same thing with Mitchell Trubisky it's not gonna uh, hopefully it's better than that but it's you know it's not gonna work I I feel I feel more confident in taking a flyer with Jalen Hurts in the 2022 season than I would ever have taken a flyer oh I laughed out loud uh when I saw those odds of people you know pumping up Mitchell Trubisky. I and that's not a LOL text. I literally laughed out loud, old school. Um, people do it every year, though, Jody. And I can't blame them for it because uh, wagering has become so prevalent; it's so easy. All you got to do is get an app on your phone, and you can uh, wager any place, anytime, anywhere. So that's Calvin why I, Ridley knows that. Unfortunately, yeah. If you're not allowed to do it, or you're not supposed to be doing it, then you can't do it. But uh, you can. <laughs> I can. Uh, I'm not afraid to say that I do. Not a lot. I don't bet on football. I bet on horse racing. I bet on golf. <laughs> Uh, but every once in a while, I'll make a play specifically like something with a futures angle to it, like picking the MVP. And uh, I was surprised to see Jalen Hurts was as high as he was just in the listing, the the yeah. overall positioning of guys who. Uh, uh, well, and if consider. you if you pick Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to win any money. Right. You know, what's what's the fun of that? Uh, OK, stayed healthy. You win. <laughs> Great. Here's your 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's not sort of worth it um, because of his history and you know where he's going to be if he's if he's healthy and players like that. And I again, I put Mahomes in that category, um, Josh Allen in that category. We we're just talking about I think Buffalo has a little bit more hurdles than other people. Uh, Justin Herbert would be my guy, but That's he's not high, a bad you know. play. Yeah. Because he's going to put up the numbers. They got a chance to be a good team. Again, the AFC is very difficult, but they have a chance. Um, And Trevor Lawrence, again, because I think there's going to be a big spike. Um, But they're probably not going to be good enough to where anything like that could be plausible either, to be honest. You know, Aaron Rodgers is actually very playable. Yeah. Josh Allen is the favorite, and then this is on uh, betbarks.com. Josh Allen, the favorite at six to one. Brady is eight. Mahomes is eight. Rodgers is 10. Yeah, that's not bad, actually. That's 10 to one is not bad value on on Aaron Rodgers. And it's all because of Devontae Adams. Right. That's why you're getting a better number. 
and people got that backwards. Don't get me wrong. Devontae Adams is a hell of a receiver, but he's going to have the bigger problems moving on than Aaron Rodgers. Burrow is 11 to 1. Herbert is 11 to 1. Dak is 15 to 1. Matthew Stafford is 15 to 1. That's not a bad play either. Um, the Rams are going to be very good. They have a chance to defend their championship. Uh, Russell Wilson, 16. Lamar Jackson, 16. Kyler Murray, 18. Uh, Derek Carr, 25. Deshaun Watson, 30. How can you play Deshaun Watson without, without knowing how many games he's going to miss? So you got to be a sucker to play that. And yeah. then Unless you got inside information about no suspension, then you're looking good. Although then, he's still not going to be the MVP. But. No, he's got no chance. And then uh, Jalen Hurts at 33-1. to 1. I think Jalen Hurts has a better chance of winning MVP than Deshaun Watson does. Oh, so that, do I. That doesn't make Jalen Hurts a no. better player than Deshaun Watson. He's got to be on the field. Just, right. Be on the got, field. got to be able to play. And <laughs> next, after Jalen Hurts, Trey Lance at 40-1. to 1. Maybe I'm out there on an island by where's myself. Kirk, where's Kirk Cousins? Mike Tanier just talked up uh, Minnesota. Where's Kirk? Yeah, he's right behind uh, Lance. Trey Lance is 40. Kirk is 50. Derrick Henry's 50. All right, there's your value. Kirk Cousins is your value because you know you're getting 4,000 yards. You know uh, if they're as good as Mike Tanier says, which I don't agree with, by the way, um, there might be your value because that guy puts up big, big numbers. If I were going to take a chance, I would uh, stay true to myself. Two is 50 to one. And I think he and there we uh, go. Tyreek will be putting up uh, big numbers back and forth between the two of them. Um, the problem is, can they beat Buffalo? You, you got to win that division to win the MVP. I just told you the way they're going to be crushed. Oh, yeah. Glenn, I want to ask Glenn about this as, yes. as a Bills fan because, you know, I'm going through it in the break, and I'm looking because I didn't remember the exact uh, uh, back and forth. It was 13 seconds, Jody. 13 seconds. Tony Romo declared the game over in the booth. They didn't kick the foot. They kicked the football out of the end zone instead of squibbing it to take more time off the clock. They gave Tyree Kill 15 yards of cushion on the first play. They gave Travis Kelsey 10 yards of cushion on the second play. That is devastating. And Sean McDermott, by the way, wouldn't talk about it after the game. Wouldn't talk about it months later. That kind of threw Leslie Frazier under the bus. I think that's a bigger story. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not there. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it with Glenn. Glenn has a better, uh, I assume he pays closer attention. But that, 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 that is devastating. That is devastating. Yeah, Sean, we won't be having Sean McDermott on the show anytime soon. <laughs> Not that we were going to get him, but uh, McMullen is just stone cold crushing him oh. here. That they got no chance to come back from that. I, I, I believe they do. They're a good football team. They're, they're, they're talented, no question about it. I just look. I'm not saying it's not. You're not capable. Modern players might be better at this than than older generation of players. Um, I go to, you know, when Atlanta blew the big lead in the Super Bowl. That was it, man. They didn't come back. They weren't, they weren't bouncing back from that. It was devastating. It was devastating to them. Now they lost Shanahan and yeah. a bunch of other stuff. 
But it was devastating. I think people underestimate that type of stuff. I really, I really, really, really do. Yeah, I think you're overestimating it, uh, that uh, you can't bounce back from something like that. If you've got a really good coach who's got a grasp on his roster and a quarterback who you have complete and utter confidence in as your leader, yeah, I think you can work through that. And I think Buffalo will probably do it this year. I hope not because I'm not a Bills fan, but I am a Sean McDermott fan, so I think that he actually has a chance to do that. All right, uh, Nick Sirianni. Uh, coach of the Eagles on the ESPN ranking came in dead in the middle. He was number 16 of all the coaches in the national football league. ESPN just came out with their rankings on uh, the coaches in the NFL. Andy Reed, numero uno, the ex Eagle coach uh, and your boy, uh, Sean McDermott, uh, Sean uh, McVay uh, has moved past Belichick in the number two reading Belichick were one, two last year. McVay uh, with the championship he won with the Rams got up to the number two spot. Do you think that that's a fair uh, ranking for the Eagles head coach? Do you think that that's where you would have put him if you had uh, been asked to rank all the coaches going into this uh, season? Second year coach made the playoffs in the first. He's in the top half just by the hair on his chin, chin, chin. He's number 16 think that's an accurate rating for Syria? Well, I didn't see the list, so I'm going to ask you this question before I say, were there any rookie head coaches in front of Nick Sirianni? Was Brandon Staley ahead of Nick no, Sirianni? No, just behind him. I think uh, Staley was like 18. Then I have I no think problem Sirianni with was 16 and Staley was 18. I have no problem with it. I, I think he did a good job as a, as a rookie head coach, but he was a rookie head coach. Remember, he, he learned to tell people all the time, Yesterday, I was talking about it with young players, startup costs, same thing with coaches. He made a lot of mistakes early, a lot of positives, though. I, one of the biggest things I look for in coaches is, is the ability to adjust. He did it, man. He did it um, in season. And there are a lot of veteran coaches that can't do that. So I think there's a lot of positives, but there's also something to a proven resume and he's only done it for one year. He's getting better. You know how I feel about the CEO coach. Yeah. I think that's a great, uh, um, from a number of different perspectives, a, a great development from Nick Sirianni and the fact that he recognized, look, this job is bigger than calling plays. I got to control this whole team. I think that's a positive. I think having the ego, the lack of ego to realize I don't need to call plays. This is my offense. I can make it known during the week what I want done. And, oh, by the way, if something happens in the game that I don't like, I can just take it right back. I like the fact that he doesn't need the ego boost of being the play caller. So a lot of play, a, a lot of positives with Nick Sirianni, but still very young, still very early in the process. I, I have no problem with 16. I would have had a problem if any rookie coach was ahead of him because he was the best rookie coach in football right. last season. He, he made the playoffs in a year that not many people picked him to make the playoffs. People gave the Chargers a better chance because uh, they had Justin Herbert, who had certainly shown uh, that he had the chance to become a franchise quarterback pretty damn quickly, more so than the Eagles quarterback coming in with Jalen Hurts. Uh, so, yes, I, I think they, they gave him the designation that he deserved uh, that is one of the things we'll ask uh, G Mac now when he comes on, because you're right. One of the things that you should get a ton of credit for last year was 
changing on the fly, becoming a run-dominant team because the passing game just wasn't up to snuff. And they said, we've got the best offensive line here. We can run the football. We can win games by controlling the clock and running the football. And they did just that. Um, will he be willing to do that again this year? If they start the season with a, a new run-pass ratio heavily on the pass, and that's why they went out and got A.J. Brown was to be that kind of a team. If it isn't working and this team isn't uh, putting up the record early that we think it should, and, oh, by the way, it's a pretty easy early schedule, will they go down that road again and return to being a run-first team? Let me get the thoughts of uh, Glenn Mack now about that. Coming up next. All right, he's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We got a triple Mac attack coming your way because Glenn Mack, now host of the Eagles pregame show on their radio network, is going to join us next here on Birds 365. Go for the polls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Slam dunk champion. Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left. Fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
we've got a triple Mac attack going here. Time to call Jerry McDonald. Joined by another partner of mine, Glenn Macnow, uh, who is, of course, the host of the Eagles pregame show on the Eagles radio network, which is WIP here in Philly. And GMAC, are you counting down the days to that first preseason game uh, for uh, the two-hour pregame show for that Jalen Hurts is not going to play it? That's yeah. huge for you, big guy. Yeah, you know what's so funny is I'm always this time of year start counting down the days till training camp, and then the moment training camp starts, I say, "Oh, this is boring." Yeah. Can't wait for the, yeah. can't wait for the preseason games to start, and then by the second quarter of the first preseason game, I go, "Oh, this is a waste of time." When is <laughs> when does September come? So yeah. it it is that cycle, and we are now in it. Yeah, and and that is the cycle. You described it uh, well, Glenn. Uh, before we get in the Eagles, though, Jody and I got on, into a bit of a wormhole with your other favorite team, the Buffalo Bills. So I want to I want to throw this. I want to ask you about this because most people, most sports books, most odds you see have Buffalo as the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. I I think. There's something that loss was so devastating uh, to to the Buffalo Bills, and I'm not talking about the coin toss. I'm not talking about overtime. I'm talking about those 13 seconds at the end of the game where Tony Romo doing the broadcast said it's over, and and everybody was patting their backs, and then they kicked the football out of the end zone. They give Tyree Kill 15 yards of cushion. They gave. Travis Kelsey, 10 yards of cushion. You, you feel the need to go over every detail here? Is that what you feel? Oh. I'm doing it for, I'm, I'm not doing it to bring up pain, Glenn. I'm doing oh, it for Jody. Oh, that's exactly what you're doing, McMillan. I'm, 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 I'm doing it for Jody. My my thought is, and and then I'm blaming the coach. I'm blaming Sean McDermott. I'm, brain, I'm blaming Leslie Frazier. And they're the ones who've got to sell this thing now to Buffalo. Tremendously talented team. Look, they're going to win a lot of games. Um, am I overstating that that can be devastating for a team? In other words, you get, you're there. You're at the precipice. You get kicked off the mountain. You got to start climbing the mountain again. Is there something to that, or am I totally off base? Well, John, uh, you, uh, you 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 stir old memories in me, and perhaps you forget <laughs> that those Buffalo Bills, not the same players, not the same coach, but that franchise, that fan base, that city, went through losing four Super Bowls in a row and managed to get back the second, third, and fourth time. That's true. That's uh, true. So I, I think no, I think every year is different. I think every team is different. Um, I think it's one of the things that makes the NFL so much fun is it's very difficult to predict based on what happened last year. When I look at the Bills, I look at the talent. I look at the quarterback. I look at what I think is an improved defense. Um, yeah, McDermott screwed that up in Leslie Frazier, but I like. I think it's a good coaching staff. Um, you know, Bills, Kansas City. Who else you want to put up there at the top of that conference? Uh, the Chargers, maybe. A lot of good teams. A lot yeah. of lot of potential. The yeah. AFC West as a whole looks looks like a murderer's row, and yeah. the AFC East is pretty good. It's getting better. Um, the Patriots with Mac Jones. Jody's a big Tua guy. I'm not as big as he is, but overall the AFC looks much more difficult than the NFC. Uh, I will say that. I'm okay with that. Easier road for the Eagles. No shame in that. 
think yeah. that's exactly where I was going. Uh, can the Eagles take advantage of it? It's going to come down to their quarterback play. And we talk about it too much here on Birds 365 and on WIP. When you're out to chose me as well, that's all about Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts, Jalen Hurts. And that's just the, the National Football League in 2022. And uh, our very own Derek Gunn stirred up a hornet's nest this week when he reported that someone around <laughs> the organization uh, says the Eagles are not completely comfortable with Jalen Hurts. Uh, when do we get comfortable? Glenn, you'll be there for the preseason games, but Jalen didn't play in them last year. Uh, Johnny Mack will be down there for the workouts and the practices and the like. They got those uh, controlled scrimmages against a couple of teams. When are we going to know if Jalen Hurts is an improved quarterback coming into 2022? Well, we're not going to know it at the training camp, and we're not going to know it at the preseason. And, and I would argue – um, well, there's now 17 games, but, you know, we used to view the NFL in kind of quarters, right? The first four games kind of each month. I don't think we're going to know, and I, and I have to actually go back and look at the schedule. I don't remember the first four games exactly, but I don't think we're going to know until we're into October. Um, he may get off to a slow start and we'll panic. He may get off to a really quick start against some bad defenses and we'll have him in the Super Bowl. I felt good about Hurts at the end of last season, right up to the playoff game. I thought uh, his last was last three games, I think against Washington, was the Washington Giants again. Um, I thought, I thought he looked good down the stretch. And then the playoff game was remarkably hideous and opened the door again to everybody having complete doubt about what he might be and might do. But I don't think we're going to know until we're, you know, kind of well into the season. Yeah, I think that's fair, especially with the new environment in the NFL. There's, you know, practices have been scaled back to such a degree, Glenn. It's difficult to get. And I don't think Jalen Hurts is a practice player. I mean, you're blowing plays dead in practice that he would extend in a real game. Great um, point. So, so he, he, he tends not to look as good in practice as he does in a live environment. But I, I want to frame D-Gun's kind of, uh, a report in a different way and, and say, from your perspective, why should the Eagles feel comfortable with Jalen Hurts? Not to say it's necessarily a negative. I think they're like everybody else. They want him to succeed. But this is not Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I mean, why should they feel comfortable about Jalen Hurts? It's just, okay, he's got to get better. He's a young guy who's got the potential to get better, but you also have an open mind to say, if this goes in a negative direction, all right, we got to go in a different direction. And I, and I believe that's where they are. I don't, I don't know that they feel comfortable with him now. I think they feel that he's the best option they have right now. He's what's going to be the guy to carry him through the season. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to switch it to the mustache or anything like that. I think, you know, hurts, hurts is the guy and unless and until, they fall out of contention, which I don't think they will. But Jody and I talked about this on our show uh, last Sunday, I believe, or the Sunday before, which is they're going to have to make a decision when and how much they want to extend him. And if I'm Howie Roseman right now, I'm entirely in a wait-and-see approach with that. I don't, I don't feel comfortable with him now. I just feel he's the best option you have on an otherwise strong team. 
Right. It's uh, an acceptance level you have to reach that this is our guy. So we're going to get comfortable with him. Even if we're really not comfortable with him, we're going to put a brave face on it and tell you that we're comfortable with him. And they've done just that. There's a lot of teams in the NFL that aren't necessarily comfortable with the quarterback. Yeah, Mahomes and Rodgers, and we know the teams that have superstar quarterbacks. You got eight or ten of those. And then there are a whole bunch of teams that are in, in a similar position to the Eagles where they're not completely comfortable with their quarterback. How much comfort do his teammates need to have with Jalen Hurts? Because we hear all the time about how great a leader he is, that the players rally behind him and truly enjoy playing with him and for him. How big a deal is that going to be for the Eagles this year? Because even if he hasn't produced yet to prove that comfort level, the players are going to go to war with him. How huge is that for the Eagles this year? Well, I think that I think that's an issue. Um, again, I don't know how he's going to be. So nothing I'm nothing I'm saying now is in any desire to say that he's not going to play well. But you're you're kind of posing me a what if. He can be the greatest leader in the world and the nicest guy, and they can all have total respect for him. And if he misses two open receivers and they lose game three that they're supposed to win, that comfort level goes away immediately. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, we love the guy, but A.J. Brown was open down the sideline and he's looking the other way. Or, you know, my issue with Hurts last year was he just didn't get the ball out quick enough. You would see it's the NFL. Receivers separate. It's a small window you got. You got to get the ball out. And that was a problem for him. Um, they're only going to be as comfortable as, as well as he plays. And if they think they have a good team, they, the players, think they have a good team and don't win games or don't win games easily because they – they, they believe in their heart it's the quarterback. I think there's strong enough leadership on this team that they will not – they'll keep it quiet, right? They're, they're not going to – this is not going to be a clown clubhouse. But guys will go home at night and say to their wives, I don't know about this guy. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we, we have a good team with this guy. Again, I'm not predicting that will happen. Maybe he'll be great. But given the circumstances you just said, if he doesn't play well, players, players, they, they know. They don't hide it. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, that team, that roster, two through 53, so to speak, Glenn. Um, it looks good on paper. How good is that? Is that two through 53? So put the quarterback aside. Mm -hmm. Is that a championship-level roster? With a, I don't Aaron know if Rogers. it's a championship level roster. I think it is a win a playoff game or two level roster. And and uh, the 2017 roster didn't look like a championship level roster and got yeah. it. If everything goes right, if your team stays healthy, if you get some bounces, if if you know your field goal kicker hits a 61 yarder, all those things can make you a championship level team. I think they have arguably the. I don't know if they have the best offensive line in football because I can't tell you every offensive line, but they have a terrific offensive line with some depth. I think that they did a lot to improve the defense this, this offseason, which badly needed it. Um, I want to find out if the defensive coordinator is up to the job because now, now he's got the chips he didn't have. Now he can do things that he couldn't do. Um, the wide receiving staff went from one of the worst in the league two years ago to now with Brown, Devontae Smith, solid tight end. 
really good. And what we learned with the running game last year is you don't need superstars to be able to run the ball. So if that's two through 53, I guess I left out the punter. He stinks. But <laughs> 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 uh, take, take a sip out of shot. Good for you. Yeah, well, but the, hey, hey, sip has caught me cost me three steak dinners last year so i will harbor <laughs> that grudge good, good uh, the others i think it's i think it's a real top flight team i agree uh that uh, they they need to uh, get another punter in there to compete with uh, uh mr sipos all right you mentioned jonathan gannon he was critiqued pretty heavily last year i thought he did a solid job um, the Jen Ranger thinks that he's going to be gone before you know it, that somebody's going to hire him as head coach. He had a whole bunch of interviews this past offseason, didn't get a gig, but that's pretty good for your first year in a coordinator position to already be uh, in demand for interview possibilities. But that didn't necessarily sell with every Eagle fan <clears throat> because he played a bend-don't-break type defense. You can make the argument that he did it because that was the talent that he had, they add a Hassan Reddick. They add an upgraded cornerback. I kind of like Steven Nelson, but I think Bradbury's better. How much more aggressive do you think the Eagles defense is going to be this year? Oh, dramatically. I think that, um, you know, you start with what he had last year at linebacker, which was nothing. You looked at uh, the pass rush, which was extremely disappointing. Had a couple injuries there on the line, but the pass rush was nothing. And I think that um, – while it drove everyone, including me, crazy that he went into this kind of shell of passivity on defense. You know, hey, who did we grow up around here? Buddy Ryan, Jim Johnson. Yeah. You know, yeah. these are the guys, right? These are the heroes. Um, he has the opportunity this year to be much more aggressive, much more innovative, not just play, you know, the 4-3 or the 5-2 the and, and, to, and to really – do things and be creative. He was sold to us as an innovator and um, now he's got his toys. So now he's got to use them. Um, the coaching staff as a whole, Glenn, it's very rare, especially in the modern NFL where you get the whole band back together. Um, and it almost didn't happen for the Eagles because JG got three interviews and he was very close to getting the Houston job, but everybody's back. I mean, everybody. And you got to go back to 2017 uh, for that to happen in Philadelphia, which is obviously the Super Bowl season. Even then, they lost Greg Lewis. They moved on from Greg Lewis. And people don't know that. Yeah. People don't That's know okay. that. That's okay. Losing Greg Lewis was not a loss. Um, you know, Jeffrey wanted to fire Frank Reich. Uh, after yeah, 2016. I, I remember the history. Sure. Um, so, you know, if the Eagles with these expectations, it, it the coaching staff is going to change because one of two things is going to happen. They're going to be really good and people are going to hire Gannon and some other assistants or they're going to underachieve and Jeffrey Lurie is going to go looking for the Mike Grove, Carson Walsh, scapegoats. Um does this coaching staff, as currently constructed, have to take advantage of this small window of continuity? Yeah, that's a good point. And um, I'll pull it back to this. If you remember when Andy Reid came in and had those really early successful years, they had a lot of successful years. Andy 
put together a very strong staff of assistants. Oh, it was unbelievable. His first yeah, staff. I mean, you know, yeah. Harbaugh yeah. and Rivera and, I mean, name after name of guys, Leslie Frazier, who you mentioned earlier, a lot of guys who went on to do a lot of things. And what Andy was unable to do, Jim Johnson, of course, who, you know, got, got ill, um, what Andy couldn't do eventually is when those guys left, replace them with the equivalent talent that would keep the coaching staff that high. And it's tough to do. It really is. It's tough to find those guys who are good. And if they are good, as you say, John, it's tough to get them to stay because they, the natural order of things is they get promoted. I'm not all that sold yet on this coaching staff only because I don't know them well enough. I want to see them tried and tested and see if they can be better than last year. You know, they were, they were okay last year. They weren't great. They were okay. Um, but if this team is as good as I think it is, and I'm, I, you know, right now I'm thinking 11 and six seems a fair number to me. If this is an 11 and six team, other franchises will come a knocking. And so uh, you got to strike while you can. If they, if they are 11-6, Mac, which I think John and I are both on the same exact number. Yeah, 11. Yeah. We, we both uh, came in at 11 when the schedule came out, and it's flexible. The only thing that matters is your pick you make right before the season starts. Here's the good news. They've got two games against the Dallas Cowboys this year. One of them is not the last game of the season yes. where one of the two teams go, yeah, yeah we don't really want to play. Go ahead and kick our ass. Um, so, yes, they've got Dallas. Week six, a Sunday nighter here in Philadelphia. Christmas Eve, a Saturday down in Dallas. That's in a tough season. one. That's a tough one. That is a tough game. Are those two games going to determine the Eagles season this year? Because win the division, home field advantage with that first round game. How big are the two Cowboy games this year? Well, they're always big, and 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 the Cowboys are aren't going to be bad, right? I don't think the Cowboys are going to be as good. I can give you three or four reasons. I think they're in decline. Uh, or not that good, um, and and for whatever, I'm not a trend guy, but it is a fascinating trend that no team has won the NFC East twice in a row since 2004, I think. Yeah, it's been a right? long time, 17, right? 17 kinda, years, I think. You know, if you believe that, that would doom the Cowboy right off the bat. Um, I think a split is probably what I would predict with that now. As John says, Christmas Eve in Dallas is – it's gonna. We'll see what the records are at the time, but that's gonna be a tough one to. I think, to get you Glenn, with. that's also the third of a three-game road trip. That, that oh, game, yeah, which is true. that really okay. really difficult. All right, so bet the advance bet against that one. But I think <laughs> I think they split with Dallas. I think Dallas is, I think Dallas is in somewhat of decline. Their their wide receiver staff is certainly not as good as it's been in recent years. That vaunted offensive line, the best line in football, certainly no longer is that. Uh, and who's their coach? Yeah, uh, yeah. McCarthy, I'm not as yeah. I'm not as big a McCarthy hater as others are. I I actually neither am I. I I I don't I don't think would you he's put terrible. Him, would you Would you put him in the top half of NFL coaches? Mm. Right. I'd there. probably put him in the top half, but more because there's a lot of bad coaches. Then he's a great. <laughs> coach. I okay. think he's I think he's a I I think he's fine. I don't I don't think he's great. I don't think he's going to win you a lot of games. I don't think he's going to lose you a lot of games. Um, and, you know, with Nick. Sounds like I, you I'm, just hired Pete McCannon as your yeah. head coach. And and we got to see on Nick. And and my next question to you, Glenn, is, is, is the play calling. And 
I want to get your take on that just in yeah. whole, because that's rare that a guy comes in as an offensive guy, right? And, you know, he's going to be this energetic. He's going to turn the offense around. He can do this. And all of a sudden they get off to a two and five start and he's handing the play calling off. That takes some testicular fortitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody brings you in there. Do you look at handing off the play calling as a positive or a negative for Nick Sirianni as a, as a head football coach? Well, I look at it as positive only because it worked so well, right? I mean, they were, they were two and five. They did finish 10 and seven. The offense changed the dynamic uh, and started to exploit, figure out and exploit what it did well. Um, I don't need my head coach necessarily to be the master of everything, the control freak who's calling the plays, who's dealing with the officials, who's chirping up his quarterback, who's making sure that the, you know, secondary is in alignment. It's Nick said it. And I do buy it that when you're the head coach in an NFL game, there are 25 different plates. You got to spin at the same time. If he wanted to take one off and give it to the coordinator and it worked, I'm fine with it. If it didn't work, it would have been a terrible idea, but it, it was successful. So you bet. As a uh, talk show host here in Philly, when you're not hosting the pregame show, you know every fan always wants to see the team get better. They want to play uh, mock general manager and be able to, here's where we need to get straight. Here's a guy we can get our hands on. Let's trade these four middling players for this really good player. <laughs> yeah. Quantity over quality all the time. Uh, And uh, oftentimes it has no chance of happening. But Howie Roseman has had a really good offseason. He made a lot of really good moves, and I think he's upgraded this roster. Is he done? Or do you think there's one more in the preseason move to be made, either a trade or pick up somebody off the waiver wire? Do you think the Eagles are good with the roster they have, or is Howie Roseman out there still fishing? Um. Stuff falls through. Veterans get cut. Talent does show itself. I don't think it would be anything radical. I I would like to see him add another safety, maybe. Uh, If a a smart veteran safety becomes available. Um, I'm just trying to think of where else they would pick somebody up. Backup tight end. They have no backup tight end would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Who's the third running back now? Boston Scott. Oh, I love Boston Scott. Yeah, Hopefully yeah so do it. I. It's yeah, I bad. love Boston Scott. It's not bad. This guy, guy, yeah. guy knows how to get in the end zone. That's yes, the most important does. thing in yes. football. Give me touchdowns. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, um, they there will be a player or two currently not on the roster who that will be on the roster because, you know, it's. I don't think it's going to be anything dramatic. I mean, it's going to be like a Richard Rodgers type of, you know, that that – that guy. Although, allow me to state one more time, I would not mind seeing another puncher here. Yeah. It's yeah. strange, you know, for all the competition, Nick talks about competition, competition, competition. They can't bring in competition for a punter who, you know, he was he he was off the rails. His leg just died. started yeah. out really well. Yeah. And the cold started out really well. His leg just went. Evidently, the Australian Rules League is only eight games. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> That's I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't know how far Australian Rules football goes. But yeah, he. Aaron said it. it, it, it they only play in over then. seventy degrees, apparently. Yeah, Jalen Rager is he? You mentioned oh. bringing guys in. Is he going to be here? Week one, September eleventh, Glenn Mack now at Detroit. 
Is Jalen Rager on this football team? Yes, but that doesn't mean he's going to dress. Ooh. It's the cutting of the first rounders. Yeah. Doesn't that look worse for Howie, though, if he's got a first rounder who's not dressing week well, one? Yeah, I mean, it does season. initially, but then guys get hurt and he comes in, he gets his last yeah. chance, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, you got, you know, you got the, you, can we get rid of Jay Jaw first? Well, yeah. I yeah, mean, he, I'm, except, I'm not. Uh, except I, McMullen wants a backup tight end. You don't have faith. Yeah. G-, G Mac that he's going to make that transition yeah. to tight end and no. be their backup to T. I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a good sign in your fourth professional season that they're changing your position. Yeah. as a second round pick, that to me is not a positive sign. I agree. I agree. Uh, the Eagles do that a lot. Tyree Jackson is a guy they hope to get healthy enough to be able to take a look at. This yeah, but he, he was an undrafted kid who they brought in as a develop this is a second round pick they brought in to be all sean jeffrey he was going to yeah. be the next all sean jeffrey there's a big difference there i give howie credit he learned rather than drafting wide receivers he made a trade for one and i think we all expect that to be very successful yeah. it's going to be big uh, for the eagles this year all right g mac last thing i got to give you your props when i listen to your host the eagle pregame show um i did it before you did and i had two guys with me and that was it. It was just me and two other guys. You have a cast of thousands <laughs> when you host the Eagles pregame show. They're coming in from all over the place, and you do a great job. Thank of you. Including them and getting them in and getting them out, and you play traffic cop better than anybody that I know. What's your favorite thing about hosting the Eagles pregame show? My favorite thing about hosting the pregame show is that Usually at the top of the second hour, when it's a little more than an hour from game time, we bring on the Eagles pep band and we bring on an alumni uh, who can be any, you know, I mean, sometimes it's Randall Cunningham. Sometimes it's Ricky Water, big name alumni, Brian Dawkins, uh, Hugh Douglas. And the that's when the crowd is really flowing in. And in combination, I get the pep band to do it and I get the alumni to do an Eagles cheer and the energy of that crowd just picks up tenfold. And that's my favorite part because that's when it feels like it's a football Sunday. Not huh. surprising. That's, hey, by uh, the way, before we go, Jody, this would be the opportunity for you to give me the all praise for the voting in the uh, WIP uh, all-time television character uh, draft yeah, that we yeah, did yeah. last week. They put Are it on you? your Twitter. So am I shocked that you won the vote? No, I, linked I am to not. You. I linked to you. Yeah, you did. Uh, but uh, it was. Did you uh, come in second at least, Joe? You got to beat the yeah, callers. Yeah, I did. Mac yeah, now right. ran one. I ran two. Because uh, if you I, lose to the callers. I, I will absolutely positively say the two best lists were Glenn's and mine. I would have ranked them a little differently, but that's okay. We had the two best lists. It was just a whole hell of a lot of fun. It was fun. It was, it it was, was your fun. idea, and uh, we had a good time with it. And our producer, Tahir, who we didn't know was going to be able to hold his own, young guy, uh, actually showed some uh, chops by picking some all-time great television characters. You did. The callers, it was good. The callers it was a good time. Absolutely now, I think, Glenn, I think I saw that. I believe you had 
Archie Bunker on there. Is that correct? Archie uh, Bunker was my second round pick. Yes. Tony. Yeah, so, was my first. You know, if you're going that, you know, if you understand that I got a, I'm giving Glenn the advantage. Jody. Yeah. <laughs> I, but I had Walter White who yes, was number one well, on my list. But number three, knows. I was still able to get Walter White. So I was perfectly fine with my list. Uh, it, it was just a ton of fun, and uh, I enjoyed doing it last week. All right, Mac Man, we appreciate you coming on with us. You know we're going to get you up when you get back to hosting those all-important preseason games. Oh, uh, gosh, we, yes. we, we All right, We will definitely guys. get you on the week before that first preseason game where you'll be rallying the troops, and the Eagles will be playing undrafted free agents for more than three quarters The greatest the tradition game. in sports, by the way, is over. The Jets-Eagles final preseason game is no more. Oh, boy, won't I miss that. Yeah. Uh, a tradition like any other. Uh, uh, hey, over. always a pleasure, guys. Jody, I'll, I'll, uh, well, I guess I'll see you next weekend. G-Mac, always a pleasure. Thanks, Thanks Glenn. Guys. Be well. Glenn Thanks. Mack now, uh, host of the Eagles pregame show on the Eagles radio network and a guy I team up with uh, some weekends on uh, WIP. Um, good dude and a really good host. He's so good at hosting that pregame show because they do. They run people in and out of yeah, it all the time. That's a tough uh, traffic. Yeah, you got to be you got to be a pro to do and that. He is a pro's pro. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. We are the Mac and Mac guys. Down a Mac, not a problem. We'll come back and put a bow on the show. Stay with us. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the polls and the pools. 
go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Countdown is on. 13 days till the players report. And yes, they're not reporting to Lehigh. They're reporting to the Novacare Complex. Uh, you're not going to be able to check out practice. Shoot, Johnny Mack doesn't even get that much grass time. And you loyal Eagle fans get less. That's for damn sure. Uh, but we're getting closer to the beginning of camp. And here's one thing that bummed me out about today's show. And I knew it was going to be said. I knew Glenn would be honest with us. We're not going to know about Jalen Hurts until Uh, like week three. Uh, I am going to be very interested in your reports when they have these joint practices with Miami and with Cleveland, because we know Jalen Hurts is going to play in those. He did last year. I expect it to be the same this year. It is the most legitimate practices they have. And while it won't be a definitive answer, it'll at least be a little bit of a glimpse as to where Jalen Hurts is. But we're not really going to know until three games in this year. Eagle fans want answers, John McMullen. They want to know now. I got to be honest. I mentioned with Glenn, he's not a practice player to begin with. So, But I'm even going to go one step further, Jody. We're not going to know in week three. You know, we're going to, you know, Detroit's terrible. Minnesota doesn't have a cornerback to save their life. Um. You know, even up there 2-0, and going into, what is week three, Washington, Washington. Uh, and then Jacksonville, we're probably not going to go know till midway through the season I, I, I'll go that far. You know, but that's part of the problem. Part of the issue the Eagles have is we already went through 17 games and a playoff game. So 18 games now. Obviously, Jalen was hurt a couple games and sat for week 18. We went through a whole season where we don't know. So, yeah, we're not magically going to get an answer in August 5th when insert name says, hey, Jalen Hurts looked really good today, or hey, Jalen Hurts looked really bad today. Yeah, you're not going to have an answer. I'm sorry. That's why you got to tune in at some point, Jody. At some point, we will declare – whether the Eagles have an answer with Jalen Hurts, it will not be in training camp. It will not be early in the no, season. No, it's going to be in season. We're going to have to be patient with that. And you did bring up the playoff loss last year. I just need to get you on the record for this one. Since you believe Buffalo is severely compromised coming into this season because of the way I think you're they overstating. Lost I think game. people, I think people underestimate how devastating that loss. Well, but Glenn brought up a good point. I mean, you know, they it's a different era, but you know that Super Bowl loss, especially the uh, Norwood right. kick, yeah, yeah. Um, that was pretty devastating as well, and they were able to bounce back. So my question to you, John McMullen, is the Eagles got their, let me pick the right word here, ass kicked 
last yeah. year by the Buccaneers down in Tampa. Game wasn't really competitive. Jalen Hurts is still the quarterback of the Eagles. How did the Eagles get over that crushing defeat in which they weren't competitive? Which is worse, losing painstakingly wow. or not being competitive and going, oh, shoot, we just can't even match up with these guys. Why are we even trying? There are so much more. I mean, I think that's personal for me. Uh, it's worse to to be on the precipice in 13 seconds and celebrating, then uh, I just got my tail kicked. All right. I, I know I'm not as good as this team. I know that. So I got to go get better. I got to go get Hassan Reddick and James Bradbury and Kaiser White and AJ Brown, who I should have started off with. Um, I got to go get those players because I can't compete with, with Tampa Bay. I know that I was better I was better than Kansas City, and my coach cost me the game. That sticks with me. That sticks in. My, but that's a personal thing. I right. mean, that that they were better. They they deserved to win that game, and the players didn't lose it. I would argue Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier lost it, and whoever the special teams coach is, I don't recall who their special teams coach is. Yeah, and I, uh, I, it's apples and oranges, but uh, when I played, I was a basketball player, not a football player. And it would bother me more when we just got our rear ends uh, scorched. Uh, if we lost a tough game, made a defensive mistake, took bad, ugly turnover, whatever, and we could have won the game, I would be able to bounce back from that a lot easier because we could have won the game. We just need to fix that one little thing as compared to, as you just ran down what the Eagles have to do, this player, that player, that uh, defensive spot, that off of the, yeah, a lot of work to do. And to Howie's credit, I think he's done a bunch of it. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, the, the Eagles' loss in the postseason last year is just as tough to bounce back from as the uh, Chiefs' uh, loss, uh, excuse me, the Bills' loss to the Chiefs. Uh, but uh, we'll see how the season plays out for both the Eagles and the Bills, and we will get our pal Glenn Mack now back uh, on with us uh, when this, the preseason gets underway, which is not all that far away. All right, partner, I'm going back to bed. Um, you surely did get the two hours in. I am still not. You made it right. through, and by the way, you seem fine. So bravo to you. You did not showing any signs. I, I had some technical issues. Uh, you're, you're, you're doing yeoman's work. I'm very impressed uh, yeah. by Jody. Well, thank you for that. Uh, no, I feel like spit right now. And uh, See, you're, yes, hi I, you're hiding it. That's what I'm, the great. I'm do. going back to bed. ASAP dog goes out for a walk three or four minutes. Boom. I will be in bed by 10 before 10, 10. That is a guarantee. Uh, partner, uh, I'm planning on being here tomorrow. I'm planning on pulling the covers up over my head and trying to sweat this thing out. And uh, hopefully I'm good enough uh, to be here with you tomorrow. Uh, are you in uh, for tomorrow? You might have to, you might really have to. I'd be here. I, I do not think COVID is uh, transmissible through a computer screen. So no. hopefully, hopefully. You don't uh, think it was my COVID that uh, knocked you off the air today? It's possible. We don't know the long-term effects. That's so, very yes, true. Yeah, it could have possibly not need more here. research on that. Yes. Uh, partner, good job today. Thank you much. Uh, I say we're going to try this again. You're going to have to tune in tomorrow. I'm planning on being here, but I'm not promising I'm going to be here. But if I am, it'll be McMullen and McDonald in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365. <laughs> 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.